And welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 39. 39. The Matt Bolesky episode, as always, brought to you in partnership by the Black and Gold Productions, LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. If you guys don't know, he's got a ton of Bruins content. He's got a John Pye McKenzie autograph. Yeah, autograph. John Pye McKenzie. Johnny Pye. The, the, you said what? He had 172 points in... in in seven seasons, something like that. Um, something like that. It, I can tell you the number exactly. One second, it was. Uh, he had 169 goals in seven seasons. Wow. Um, that was informed by Tim Dumas. Follow him on Twitter at Tim Dumas. He, Sully and I were just talking before we started recording. It was a random tweet. I went to a hockey camp like 15 years ago that this dude John Pine McKenzie hosted, who played for the Bruins way back in the day before they even had to wear helmets. And I went to the camp. It was a good time. Great guy. Little intimidating if you're a kid, but good guy. Then after the camp, he handed all of the kids who went to the camp an autographed picture of himself. And I've had this picture in my room for 10 years and I've been waiting for the moment because then, you know, like, oh yeah, I got to sign a picture of John Pye McKenzie and your friend's like, who the hell is that? And it's like, damn, I got to wait for the old heads to, who probably watched him play way back in the day. And I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw that guy tweeted something about John Pye McKenzie. And it was my moment to finally shine and to show everybody I have this guy's autograph picture, but cool story. But anyways, 169 goals in seven years. Who would have known John Pye McKenzie? Hey, but we got to talk about this. I mean, there was some panic going through, you know, Bruins fans after the Bruins lost. Uh, what was it? Game two. They lost game two at home, six to two. They got dominated. Um, obviously, the team was still without Bergeron. But we were talking on the last episode. We weren't we weren't ready to panic. We, we knew that um, the team was going to learn from that loss and really just take it and, and run with it and learn from it and go. And they did. I mean, they they took the next two games pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. I I feel I think most rational fans, I would assume, in the, this Bruins fandom, had nothing to worry about. I, honestly, I think more of the worry was on if Bergeron is okay than it was on if the Bruins were going to lose this series. I don't think anybody was really worried that the Bruins were lose. I think even the majority of the Panthers fans were like, "Wow, we stole one there in Game 2. <laughs> but um, no, they I mean, just, they, they just they just got like a little glimmer of hope, and they were like, "You know what? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Wait a minute. A shot." We can skate with these guys. No, and then the Bruins <laughs> went into Florida and, you know, 4-2 win, 6-2 beat down the other night, and then oh. elimination game and on game five coming up here. It's been uh, it's been encouraging, and also to see on Twitter, too, I'm sure you heard it's all anybody has been tweeting about today, but Patrice Bergeron looks like he's back with the team. He was skating yeah. back this morning. Dude, I don't I don't know, though. I, I uh, Okay, so we'll, since we're already on the topic, we'll jump to it. Do you want if Bergeron is healthy and he feels he's ready to go, do you want him in that game five? Uh, 
Honestly, no. I don't. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't. I mean, I would love to see Bergeron play, but I think just thinking, thinking logically, it. I don't know if you saw that game last night between the Maple Leafs and the Lightning, but it looks like the Bruins might have a date with Toronto in the next round. And the Bruins will absolutely need Patrice Bergeron if they want to get past Toronto. Charlie Coyle has been playing incredible in the top line center. But with those centers and with that, I mean, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews on that top line, you you need Patrice Bergeron out there. And you can't forget about William Nylander either. He's just coming off a career season. He looks like he's finally clicking. John Tavares had a hat trick the other night too. I mean, if if, if you want to win that series, you need Patrice Bergeron, bottom dollar. Oh, yeah. And and also too, like all everything that everybody was saying heading into the playoffs, how frustrating it was to have Bergeron play in what was essentially a meaningless game and to lose him for the first round. Obviously, now what you know, we understand why he wished to play, and nobody's hating him for that. But then, you know, if you were, and I understand it's it's different levels of pressure and in, in the it's 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 winning time come playoffs so you want if Bergeron could play you want him out there but I think you also have to have the kind of foresight to say all right you know we don't exactly need him this game and we would definitely need him in the next round but at the same time I mean the Bruins have been up 3-1 before and they've lost series they were up 3-0 on the Flyers and they got swept I don't think that that's gonna happen to this team if Bergeron doesn't play but I don't know it's something to think about it's more more in my mind. He's coming fresh off of an injury. It was upper body. We never learned exactly what it was. My my guess is that it was a concussion just based on his injury history and, and the hits that he was taking that game. But you're up three to one in the series. You've been winning without Bergeron. You've been winning without Krejci, which we'll touch on as well. Um and and I think you should have the confidence in your guys who have been playing the series already to close it out in five games at home at the Garden on Wednesday night tonight if you're listening, um, it, where you don't need to put Bergeron in there and risk him re-aggravating whatever injury he has. Because think about it, if it's it's going to be one night, right? If he's out game five, in, but he feels like he can play, but but you choose to keep him out, I think that's the smart move. Because then not only is he going to get, you know, the next couple days off, but we also have to wait until the next series ends. So he's going to have an extra week or so off anyways. And if you're Bergeron and if you're the Bruins, you're looking at, what just happened with his injury and how long he's been sidelined. Why are you going to risk him again, re-aggravating that injury just for that one game? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it, it's not like the Bruins exactly need him either. I mean, I know they lost right. game two and, and they got pummeled with shots in game three that they eventually won, but they just, they just destroyed the Florida Panthers six to two the other night. And you don't, it, you don't, if this is, if this is the same scenario, where you're up three to one, but it's against a team like Tampa or a team like Toronto or a team like the Rangers or a team like Carolina, then yes, he should be playing. But you've already proven that you can beat this Florida team without your top two centers. So I I would be willing to take that risk if and and not let him play. Exactly, and I mean, Game Five is in Boston. I mean, everything is pointing to. I'd, like, I don't want to jinx anything or get Dude. ahead of it, but everything is pointing to a Bruins win. Dude, if, and, he, if, he, if he doesn't play, just let him be the fan banner captain. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> and also, like, or, Florida or, has... Or pull, or pull a Malcolm Subban and sing the national anthem. One of those. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, Malcolm Subban, though, listen, whatever he's you want to say about that guy as a hockey player, he's a pretty good singer. He's got but, pipes. 
He really does. But I was going to say, too, I mean, Florida <laughs> has shown a lot of teams this series, like especially myself, like they they're not. I, I wouldn't go as far as a calling them a dirty team. I think they definitely have dirty players, but they are physical. They're going to get under your skin. Right. Um, Matt Kachuk might cross check you in the ribs when you're on the ice like he did Garnet Hathaway or so-and-so might two-hand you in the back of the legs like we've seen every single period it seems like and thinking logically like if Patrice Bergeron was out there for game five and the game was getting away from the Panther from the Panthers who knows maybe somebody runs at Bergeron and, and hurts him or re-aggravates his injury and it's just like I don't want to risk it I don't even want to go that far and if the Bruins if the Bruins win game five then you don't have to worry about it if the Bruins lose game five then I would say, okay, if Bergeron's good to go, let's roll him out game six and end the series. But Right. Like, and, and you saw at the end of game, uh, yeah, at the end of game four, uh, Kachuk was going after Allmark. Allmark was ready to go. Um, obviously, the cross-check to Garnet Hathaway, in the, in, like right at the base of his ribs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not afraid when they're backed into a corner or when they know they're going to lose the game. They're not afraid to go out there and cheap shot some guys to kind of maybe set the tone for the next game or or just kind of show that they're not going to easily roll over and die. They're going to get you back in some way. And, and yeah. with a guy like Bergeron coming off an injury fresh, you don't even like why are you even going to risk that? Yeah, I, I think I, I truly believe at this point the only thing that can slow this team down is injuries. Mm-hmm. And I think I think too part of the reason why I would also want to give Bergeron rest is looking at that Tampa Bay and Toronto series. Obviously, if the Bruins were to win this series, they play the winner of that series. Yeah. And I think that's a series a lot of people saw going six at least six games probably seven and as it is right now i mean i know the curse of the maple Leafs, but they're up three one they have a chance to win it a couple nights from now um and you know if if bergeron were to play tomorrow and and that is a series that goes to seven well you can say all right well at least bergeron will have another four or five days before the next series starts but if this bruins and panthers series ends in five and that leafs and lightning series ends in five well, you got a quick turnaround. It's going to be ready to go. So I don't know. I just think I would, I wouldn't want to risk anything. I mean, you know, we've seen the storylines and how this team has had to adapt the first couple games of this series without Patrice Bergeron. And I think that they've done a great job of doing so. But I think part of that is also because they're playing the Florida Panthers. They're, right. it's not, they're not going to have the same level of, of success playing without Bergeron or Krejci if they're playing one of the Lightning or the Maple Leafs. You're, you're facing Alex Lyon and, and a really, really, really watched <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember we had a, I think I had to take like a, a week and a half ago before the playoffs even started. Like, listen, I know Bobrovsky's not that guy anymore. And I know that these Bruins, they're not that, what, 2018 or t- 2018, 2019, uh, lightning team whatever it was that got swept in the first round but that was Bobrovsky who was on that Blue Jackets team who beat Tampa so like you never know and then he got the start last night and like guy I felt so bad for the guy like you could tell he just doesn't have it anymore no and it's crazy because Florida's paying him 10 million dollars I think I tweeted 10 million dollars to open the door every two days like that is, <laughs> uh, imagine like the Florida Panthers they re- they have some solid pieces on that team imagine what they could get for $10 million. Like Ekblad went down and now they're screwed because they have no defensive depth. If they had, you know, put that $10 million towards getting a number two, maybe you can get another winger somewhere. Like look what the Bruins did picking up Orlov and Bertuzzi just because they had little money to throw around. Think about what the Florida Panthers could do with that $10 million that they're giving to Bobrovsky. It's 
And you also yeah. think about Spencer Knight, too. If they had right, Spencer Knight, right. I mean, I think the Bruins would still handily win this series, but I mean, they're without their number one goalie who was having a great year as well. That's why they're even in this position where it's between Bobrovsky and Alex Lyon. Yeah. I mean, you could, Sergey Bobrovsky's contract might actually be the worst contract in the NHL. Now yeah, that I'm and, really thinking about it. it it's it, in, it's the kind of contract that A, not only is a player not good, but He's old. Uh, I'm sorry, Bobrovsky, but he's old. He's not good, and it's a big contract. That's it's unmovable. You can't oh, you yeah. can't get rid of that contract. I don't know how many years he has left, but I remember when he signed with Florida. I was like, wow, like Florida finally has a good goalie. I mean, we talked about this episodes ago how they had Luongo and they let him go, and it's just been like a wasteland of no goalie talent in Florida. And Bobrovsky could be that dude, and. They finally get the guy, right? They get Spencer Knight on a team-friendly deal because he's still on a rookie contract, and they're paying their third-string goalie at this point $10 million. It's absolutely insane. So his contract ends in 2026. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And he's 34 right now. What are they – like, what were they thinking? Dude, I don't know. Dude, this is why you never pay a goalie an absurd amount of money. You just rem- don't do it. I remember. Yeah, I think we were talking before way, way back. I think there's like only one goalie in, in NHL history who's made double digits per year in AAV. And that was Vasilevsky, whom, who you can. I mean, he's probably the only goalie in the league right now who deserves that. Although if you saw that game last night, they were up 4-1 and he gave up five goals. What the hell happened? Dude, but, um, oh, my God. He's I, I saw a tweet earlier. I wish I wish I bookmarked it. I didn't. But. Out of all the goalies in the playoffs so far this season, he's ranked dead last. Which is crazy because this is – it's it's always been – I mean, you never had to worry about it because Tampa's always been a really good team top to bottom. But, like, get them into the playoffs. That's all you need to do because they have Vasilevsky. And it was really interesting. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know the guy's name. I don't have the clip in front of me. But one of the former assistant coaches for Tampa Bay said that um, he – like, the team knew, the Tampa Bay Lightning knew – that Bobrovsky really struggles with shots from the point. He just struggles yes. seeing them. He struggles tracking them. So they actually had to change their entire defensive system to limit shots from the point just to help Vasilevsky. Yep. And um, I saw a bunch of um, Lightning's fans are pissed. Like, dude, like this had to breach an NDA or something. Like you can't say that about, about, about like the goalie, <laughs> like, like you're helping Tampa, uh, Toronto, and it was like, buddy, that it was after the game. He already just shit his pants and gave up four straight goals. Like the series over at that point. But I don't know. I mean, for the next round, would you feel more confident? Bruins say Bruins are healthy. Burrs runs back. Krejci's back. Would you feel more confident this Bruins team against the Lightning than you would say if they were to play Toronto? You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking this just last night after watching the game. Toronto looks good right now. Um, I saw Jimmy Murphy. Um, I, I apologize. I can't remember who he works for off the top of his head. But credentialed Bruins writer reporter, he said that he feels like this year's Toronto Maple Leafs team is almost a team of destiny. And I don't know, man, but but they're up 3-1 to one against Toronto. Right, I mean, against Tampa right now. If you watch that game last night, they brought it at, in the final 10 minutes, and they and they did it. The other the, the thing is they did it. Past Toronto teams would have been down four to one, 
in the third period with 10 minutes left and you would have changed the channel to like Cartoon Network or something because you knew that game was over. It was done. Yeah, but I mean, let's I mean, shout out to Ethan, uh, my friend Ethan at WX, who tweeted on. I don't know if you saw it, but he tweeted, you know, this isn't the first time Toronto's done this. They were up against Montreal 3-1 a couple years ago. And Montreal stormed all the way back and won in game seven. But um, this I mean, this Tampa Bay team that they're playing, it, it's not the same. I know they have a lot of the same players, but man, you can tell that this is a team that's played a lot of hockey over the last four or five years. It's yeah. not it's it's not the same Lightning team that's been running through the East the last five years. I mean, Victor Hedman missed the game. He came back last night, and you could see. I mean, I know they had a four to one. I know they eventually lost, but they had a four to one lead. It seemed like everything was going right. Um, and definitely credit to the Toronto Maple Leafs for storming all the way back and winning in overtime the way that they did. But um, I mean, it's the same team that got absolutely obliterated game one it's you know the same team that's probably going to walk into another suspension at some point like what michael bunting did because it's literally every single year i mean i would say every single round but they don't get past the first round every year but it's just there's a different guy getting some sort of like team altering suspension every single series and still like i know they're up 3-1 but like i just mentioned like i was still would not count out tampa we all know what vasilevsky his record in elimination games i know he didn't play great you know third period in overtime last night but this is a guy isn't he like seven and oh in series clinching and elimination games or something like that like the 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 guy's a monster um and like until you know that that third period horn rings and in tampa i mean in, in toronto is the winner I don't know. I still I still feel pretty good about either team. I think before I would have said I would rather play Toronto because I don't want to run into Andre Vasilevsky, but you're definitely right. The way Toronto's playing, I don't know. I would be a little, you know, a little worried about either of them. I'll, I, I'll say I still would rather play Toronto just because of the whole goaltending situation. I mean, you're going to be facing Samsonov and then and then who's the other goalie? Hall? Matt Murray. Matt Murray, one of those two. Like, like I would rather... I would be more confident in those matchups uh, uh, other than Vasilevsky. But um, the only thing that scares me, and I said this earlier too when they acquired him, is Ryan O'Reilly. One, he's beat you in 2019. Two, he brings grit to that Toronto Maple Leafs team and in ex- playoff experience and championship experience as well. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that they have on their as their third-line center who – it adds a lot of character to that Maple Leafs team that they've been missing in past seasons. So I think out of everybody, he's honestly probably the X factor on that team. No, most definitely. And like in 2019 too, I mean, he was giving the Bruins fits. I mean, I wouldn't say that he was like locking down Bergeron, but I've mentioned it plenty of times in the show. why I don't like Ryan O'Reilly because he 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 heralds himself as a poor man's Bergeron and actually like kind of did the thing in 2019 that we won't talk about. But he's one hell of a player and he's a great player to have on your third line. And I mean, they're a deep team, especially down the middle. I mean, we've talked about, you know, the depth of this Bruins team and there's the Bruins are deeper than the Maple Leafs. I'm not saying they're not. The Bruins are the deepest team I think I've ever seen in my entire life, if we're being honest. Yeah. But I mean, the Maple Leafs have Austin Matthews They on their top line center. They have um, John Tavares on their second line center. They have the guy that we just mentioned, Ryan O'Reilly on their third line center. I mean, they have playmakers throughout the lineup. Um I mean, they, that's a team that I think can give this Bruins defense fits. But like you said, what it comes down to is the Bruins have Olmark and Swayman and the Maple Leafs don't. So I think if, if that's your round two matchup, I think that's going to be your X factor is a goalie battle. Yeah. So now let's talk about uh, let's talk about David Krejci. So let's do it. Let's do it. 
So David Krejci, um, he was in warmups for game three. Everything seemed fine. In the pregame lineups, his name was mentioned. It was there. And then about three minutes before puck drop, all of a sudden he was a, uh, a scratch. Now, Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald said that he thinks it's an elbow. He thinks it's an elbow injury. So it's some sort of like, it's something in his elbow, obviously, but he's got tennis elbow. Thanks for the insight. Yeah, you're welcome. That's, that's what I'm here for. No, but, but he's there. Like there's no timeline on something like that. The thing about the Bruins, this late in the season and so far in the postseason is that when an injury happens, they're very hesitant to tell you what it is. Yeah. So we're all left guessing. It's definitely like uh, hockey as a, as a whole does this and it's really frustrating. Like if it's above the waist, doesn't matter what it is. It's an upper body injury, like broken elbow, broken rib, broken collarbone, concussion, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's an upper body injury. Oh, you tore your ACL. You broke a toe. You sprain your ankle. Lower body. Like it's it leaves so much room for imagination. Like it's so frustrating. But yeah. to be pulled out of the lineup, like literally, like you said, like minutes before the game started. I remember I saw on Twitter, like everybody else, like somebody reported that Krejci help Krejci's a scratch, and everybody was like, "What? Like what are you talking about? Like there Whoa. wasn't even a mention that he was hurt." We were so with the BNG network, we were doing the What's Brewing live show for the pregame, and we were about to log off. We were about to just head out and watch the game, and all of a sudden, that crazy news dropped, and we stayed on for like another 10 minutes. And we were all like, w- like What is going on? Like, what is happening? Yeah, it started flying in, everybody was freaking out. And I'm not gonna lie to you, when that dropped, and you and then you you know you're already without Bergeron. Now you don't have Krejci. That's when a little bit of panic started setting. I was like, okay, this could this could actually be like a disaster. Oh yeah, and and just the whole, just everything about it. Because I, I tweeted and I saw somebody else tweet about it too. I mean, the Bruins haven't won a playoff game without Bergeron and Krejci in their lineup since I believe it was 2003. Yes. So now yep. we're talking two decades that these two guys have been in your playoff lineup and suddenly all of a sudden both of them are just removed like that. And it's like, oh my God. And then nobody really was that game three that Krejci was out for? Was that yes. the first game he missed? Yeah. And especially like you just mentioned, like it was coming off a game two loss. You're in Florida. And I think people were like, oh shit. <laughs> like right. what well, that, the heck is that happening? Because that's the thing. Like game three for the Bruins is almost a must win. Like if you really wanted to like kind of you know, halt all the panic, then you have to win that game three. Yeah. And they did, thankfully. And they did it with the two, the top two centers. Yeah. And um, I think, I, I think we could also give Charlie Coyle a little love because oh, yeah. this guy is playing the best hockey of his life right now. I mean, in the playoffs, top line center. I mean, Bergeron was out obviously game one, game two, last minute notice. Krejci is out as well. And the guy has been holding down the fort on that first line center. I mean, he's winning faceoffs. He's making plays. Guy's playing the best hockey of his life. And he looks good doing it too. Yeah, he does, baby. Yeah. Um, But what do you think about uh, is, have you seen any reports on how long Krejci could be out or any more information on that? Yeah. I heard heard he might be available for game six. If there's a game six. 
Now, Krejci is a guy I would feel comfortable with if they said, just stay upstairs and eat your popcorn and watch the game. You know, heal up. It is what it is because um, Bergeron being out of the lineup has a lot more impact than Krejci does. Krejci obviously has a huge impact. But I think I'm at the point now where we were just discussing Bergeron. If both of them are ready to go, although I believe they already said Krejci's not playing Wednesday, I would feel okay if Krejci just took the rest of the series off. I mean, I don't think it's going to go past five anyways, but like game six, I don't know. I, I would put Bergeron in the lineup. He was ready for game six, and I would put Bergeron and Krejci together. I would too. Um, if if the Bruins do drop game five and Bergeron's ready to go, he's got to play game six. You don't yeah. even, At that point, don't risk it because then you're playing with the house's money, and it's like you're, you're taking too many chances. If he's ready to go for game six, put him in the lineup, lock it down, say thanks, see you later, Florida. Have a great summer, but uh, we're moving around too. All right. Yeah. Now, I mean, while we're on the topic of players in and out of the lineup and potential injuries, what do you feel about starting Swayman game five? Because I know a lot of people on Twitter have been saying it looks like Omar could be fighting something. I would not mind it. I thought he was, I thought there was a chance he was going to start game four, but game five, you're up three to one. Omar's been a little bit under the weather. I think we can all assume that safely assume that because obviously the bug that's going around the room he's been questionable for about a couple games now i'm pretty sure he was questionable for game three as well um but he battled it out he toughed it out and he came out and played but give him you you have a safe series lead right now i would give swayman the start give Olmark a little bit of breathing room and not only that give give swayman some some full game action. I, I know he got a little bit of time at the end of game four after all Mark dropped the gloves, trying to fight back and, <laughs> and he got tossed. But, but I, I, I you, you can't just kind of ice Swayman either. Just give him a full game. Um, I'm confident enough in the lineup that we have, even without Bergeron and Krejci Swayman, I'm confident in him as well. Um, like we've always said, it's a one, it's honestly a one, a one, a goalie situation. They're both, they're both so good. So give him some time. Let him get those reps in. Um, it's a perfect time to do it. He's back in Boston. He doesn't have to be uncomfortable in Florida. Give him the give him the net. Yeah, I mean, 1A, 1A, you said it. I mean, obviously, Omar's going to win the Vezina this year, but Swayman would probably be the starting goalie comfortably on, like, 26 or 27 teams in the NHL. Like, he's, exactly. he's that good. But yeah. also thinking about, like, Omar. I mean, if it is true that he's fighting something, like, this is also the most – hockey he's played like when's the last time he started four consecutive games this season maybe True. you know when swayman hurt his knee in like the first month and a half of the season but that i mean that was five months ago you know and the the bruins have two elite goalies they've played themselves into a position where they can start you know oh okay we won't start the vesna winner and said we'll just start this guy who's uh top five and safe percentage and goals against average we'll we'll comfortably ride him out there instead who played the last four or five minutes of the game the other night and looked very comfortable in that so i don't know i mean we've already mentioned it i mean the game's in boston i mean bergeron it looks like regardless of what you and i think he's probably gonna be in the lineup i mean you have a 3-1 lead if you throw Swayman out there, you know, give Olmark a breather if you can, and, and we can get this team into the second round, hopefully as healthy as they can possibly be. Yeah. And you're going to need to be healthy too, because you're, you're facing either, e- either team in Tampa or Toronto, you're facing a, a legit Eastern conference potential, you know, finalist. Yeah. And there's two great 
personal storylines for the Bruins as well. Because, I mean, I, again, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But if the Bruins make it to the second round, which it looks like they probably will, they're either playing uh, Tampa, which is the team that has beat the lights out of the Bruins, like <laughs> the last three or four times that they've met them in the playoffs, or yeah. it's Toronto, who the Bruins have done the exact opposite to for the last decade so either way like it'll be a bittersweet opportunity for the Bruins to hopefully get to the Eastern Conference Finals against one of those two teams that have had a a close linkage to this Bruins franchise for the last you know 10 years of playoff hockey so um, good for the sport I'm excited again don't want to get too ahead of myself we got to get this win tomorrow night when this episode drops tonight first but um, I think all arrows point towards round two yeah I I think so too Um, well before we get to the DMs, as always, I got to remind everybody that we are brought to you in partnership with Cano Wellness. Um, so let's talk about the amazing Cano Wellness company. Cano Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges that you may face throughout the day. Cano Sleep, Cano Mend, Cano Fresh, and Cano Boost. It's a trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket. It is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Cano Wellness Company to support high performance. So Mel, let's talk about each product. Okay. Can of Boost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out when studying for an exam and other times you need increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Can of Men provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can of Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or you need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can of Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Can of Sleep is a, is an all-natural and vegan sleep aid, which is convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray a roll over and snooze. Control your dosage and how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Can of Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to canofwellness.com. That is C-A-N-I-wellness.com. Use our promo code BNG25. That is BNG25 to get 25% off everything on the canofwellness.com website. We thank Ken Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Sully, back to you. Hell yeah. Uh, so I know we unfortunately did not get any voicemails, but but we got plenty of questions. So oh psych- yeah, we did. I'm psyched to go through some of these. So I'm just going to go in the order that we got them from. Um, so this question comes in from Bird the Baked Bear. You can follow him on Twitter at my underscore Bruins. He asked, if you could swap out one Bruin from the 90s onto this current lineup, who would it be? And who would be sent to the 90s? Has to be a starter. Lauko won't be accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to start this one or do you want me to lead it off? No, no, you can go first because there's a couple players I wanted to mention. I don't want to steal your thunder. All right, well... I think there's one obvious number or number. I think there's one obvious uh, player. How can you not add Ray Bork into this yeah, lineup? Yeah. Like, dude, imagine Ray Bork paired up with 
because he's a left shot, so he'd probably play, play left D. Imagine, okay, just Ray Bork, Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, Brandon Carlo, Dmitry Orlov, and like Connor Clifton. You could put me uh, in that lineup, and it would still be the best defensive part of the league. <laughs> like, legit. I, but, all right, so now let me pick a player to be sent back to the 90s. I'm trying to think uh, a player who kind of plays that style. I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I bet you Garnet Hathaway would have been nasty in the 90s. Oh, my God. I was going to say Garnet Hathaway going back the other way, too. And it's not really? like it's demotion, like you said. Like, imagine that guy running amok with a wooden stick in the 90s, just causing Dude, mayhem. He would have, he would have, like... I mean, he, he would have had a thousand penalty minutes a game, but, <laughs> but he would have been running people through the glass. Like he, his, his style and the way that he plays is almost perfect for the 1990s. Like, oh yeah. Like, he would have fit into those nineties teams, like an absolute glove, oh, but and him, him in those like old school jerseys too. Oh my God. <laughs> I need on. it. Somebody's got to invent the time machine and send this dude back just so we can see that. happen. <laughs> <laughs> but there was other than Ray Bork, there was a couple players I wanted to mention. First of all, my honorable mention, and this is just because I'm a big fan of his game, that is the Sergei Samsonov. He only played a couple years in the 90s. I think he was drafted in like 97, 98 was his rookie year. And he really wasn't, I think he wasn't like a 70-point player until 2000, which technically doesn't count. But that's more just because I like Sergei Samsonov. You can't tell me that if this Bruins team had that little Russian rocket on one of the wings, like he wouldn't just, like you, he would fit in so perfectly. Oh. Imagine your third line having like Coil in the middle with Bertuzzi and Sergei Samsonov on either wing. Dude, Sam, I, I don't know why, but Samsonov and Pasta together would have been like the oh. lethal combination of all time. Oh my, that might be it right there. <laughs> Holy shit. But somebody, other than him. Somebody call up Sergey and give him some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the chemistry, the, the unspoken chemistry between him and Dmitry Orlov. You can't even oh. tell me you wouldn't want to see that. Those two Russian beauties. Dude. But other than them, there were two more players I wanted to mention. First off, which is the next obvious one after Ray Bork, is of course Cam Neely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just see that guy. When, when, whenever the camera operator from Nesson or whatever network the game is on pans to like the ninth floor and they show the Bruins front office and they zoom in on Cam Neely's face – this guy, you can he would do anything to be out there. Like if he still had two good knees, I bet you he would go out there right now and he would lay some up and play for the Bruins. And if the Bruins also too, like thinking about like this playoff round, like you and I talked about it, the first couple games of the series, physically the Bruins were getting it taken to him. I mean, you could tell that the Panthers were living in the Bruins' head a little bit when they were making whether it be the cheap shots or the shit after the whistle, whatever it might be. If Cam Neely was out there in this lineup, that would not be happening. And on top of that, the guy's a 50 goal scorer, so he can do anything you want. Um, Wait, I don't know why. I kind of want to see Glenn Murray. You know what? Let's let's expand it to the 2000s. Let's get Glenn Murray, uh, PJ Axelson, and let's get Stock in here too. That'd be PJ one Stock. hell of a line. Huh? Dude, PJ Stock is basically AJ Grant, <laughs> <laughs> but blonde. Yeah. The other the other player I wanted to mention too is I feel like um, a guy that doesn't get a lot of love because he wasn't in Boston for very long. Could you imagine if this team had prime Bruins Adam Oates in the lineup? Dude. Or, or dude. Andy Brickley. 
Oh, come on. Adam Oates, 45 goals. He had a, like 140 oh. points, and you're comparing him to Andy Brick. No, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Adam Oates is, is a far superior player to Brickley. But I just want to see Bricks drop him up and get out there. Oh, my God. Just to get away from Jack Edwards for 60 minutes, I think Brick, would, oh, Andy Brickley it. would take it up. But <laughs> like thinking, again, thinking about Cam Neely, his effect on the Bruins bringing – physicality to the lineup the Bruins are without Bergeron they're without Krejci you throw in Adam Oates who's a center who had uh 45 goals 97 assists and 142 points with the Bruins somehow wasn't even top three in the heart that year yeah. I mean talk about a wagon the, the, Wait, the, the, the rich get richer so who would you send back or did you already did you already say I would, I would probably send Garda Hathaway back but um okay. I guess for the sake of being different I mean, if you had to send a forward back, doesn't have to be a forward. Trent Frederick would be a superstar in the nineties. Trent Frederick in the nineties would be pretty cool. Gordy Howe hat tricks every day. I mean, the He's guy can get the frosted tips going. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like his play would translate well. I feel like a lot of these guys, their play would translate well to the nineties. But I feel like in order to play in that era, not only do you have to be talented, you also kind of have to be like a prick. And obviously, True. Garnet Hathaway is like. He can be a douchebag, and Trent Frederick can also scum it up with the bet with the best of them. So uh, I think I think the '90s. I mean, they they would be pissed to lose Bork, Neely, and uh, Adam Oates and Sergey Samsonov. <laughs> they had, you know, Garnet Hathaway and Trent Frederick coming back. I don't know. They might be a little excited with that. Yeah, probably not though, because they're not comparable to those. You know, we just listed three Hall of Famers and the Russian Rocket, but still. <laughs> Um, so, all right. So the next one, shout out to that question though. That was sick. Uh, I love questions like that. Um, it gets us thinking, but this next question comes in from, from Lord Linus season. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at incredible Mr. E seven. Uh, also known to the something's brewing podcast as Ethan 2.0. Uh, so he asks, he says two part question. Part one, how do we keep my boy Bert? Are there cuts in the farm, uh, in parentheses, Wags slash Riley? Or who do we lose up top in order to keep him with pasta and keep that chemistry flowing? So that's part one. Um, part two is who from the farm do we see come up next year if we make room for Bert? So let's do part one first. How yeah. do we keep How do we keep Bert? Let's do this first. How much, how much money do you think it, it would cost to keep Bert? So we were talking about this on the live show yesterday. Chris Nosek, um, shout out to him. Awesome follow on Twitter. Um, also awesome on the What's Brewing podcast. So we host Monday night at 7 o'clock p.m. sharp live show. Be there, join Shameless it. plug. Shameless, shameless plug. But um, uh, he thinks that he's going to make somewhere between five and five and a half for seven years. He's looking for that long-term extension. I'm thinking it's going to be more around four and a half to five. I think anything past maybe 5.2 is extensive, but either way, you're going to have to make room um, in the salary to, to sign him. So you're going to have to lose some guys. And also little known fact that I feel like a lot of Bruins fans don't know the Bruins next season have $4.3 million in cap penalties. That's counting against them on the cap. So they, they're, the cap or whatever amount of money they have to spend, you all have to take away 4.3 from that number. 
So they're working with less of a number than you think. So you, you're going to have to lose some guys, key guys. Yeah. And that 4.3 is because of the Bergeron and Krejci contracts, right? I believe so. I believe it does, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a, a couple obvious things you can do, right? You can do whatever the hell you can and get rid of uh, Mike Riley's contract. I mean, there's that's three mil right there. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it, but if there's a will, there's a way. But um, I would move on. I would be okay with, and I'm sorry to say this, Lauren, I would be okay with moving on from Derek Forbert. Yeah. There's three mil right there. And um, honestly, I would move on from Matt Grizzlick too. There's 3.7 right there. If you can move on from, I know that's a lot of defensemen, but. See, that's where I disagree with you. I don't think you trade Grizzlick because if you look at all the, and I know we're not analytics guys, but if you look at the analytical stats, Grizzlick and McAvoy are a top three defensive pairing in the entire league. So I think you would keep Grizz. I would 100% be fine with moving on from Forbert. Um, that's $3 million off the books right there. And he's, he's really, you're seeing it right now with this playoff run. Obviously this is with Dmitry Orlov, who you probably won't be able to keep next season either, but you have Mason Lurai coming up. You have Jacob Zaboral in the system. You have Jack Ashan in the system and you already have your top four dogs anyways in, in Grizzlick, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo. And then that bottom pairing can kind of take a step back. You're not going to be able to have a top six, like top six defense like this, like ever. Like, yeah, don't take like, don't take this for granted. Like this is, this is not normal. I mean, looking at the contracts, right? Nick Foligno's off the books after this year. He's a UFA. So there's 3.8 mil right there. Um, Derek Forber, if you get, if you trade him, there's three mil. I mean, you can, you can do what you can to get rid of Mike Riley, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You know you're going to have a tough time doing that. They still got Chris Wagner's $225,000 on the books. Um, there's, they're going to have to do some sort of jump in and circumnavigating this, this roster somehow. But um, I don't know. I mean, maybe you'll see some moves leading into, uh, into the draft. Maybe that's the time to try to dump some of these contracts, but they're definitely going to have to get creative in order to keep, Bertuzzi, but do you think that there's any way that they can keep Bertuzzi and Orlov? Or is it at this point one or the other? I think it's at this point one or the other. Orlov is going to get paid. But yeah. I need to ask you this question. And it's it's it sucks. And it's kind of I'm not advocating for it, but we are also playing hypothetical GM and we're trying to make cap space for a Bertuzzi extension. Would you consider trading Taylor Hall? Taylor Hall has a he has a 15 team no trade list. He's making I think 6.1 million dollars, um, and he's only getting older. And you and if you can sign Bertuzzi, then Bertuzzi automatically slides into Taylor Hall's spot, anyways. Uh, would you consider it essentially? I, I I definitely would. I mean, at the end of the day, either Taylor Hall, it's 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 seeming like either Taylor Hall or Tyler Bertuzzi, one of them is going to be your third line winger. And you just don't pay third line wingers five plus million dollars a year. So if you, if, if, if that's what it takes, you have to shed Taylor Hall's contract to keep Bertuzzi. I do it. I think most players would do that. I know Taylor Hall has like what, seven points for his first four games right now, but I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, Bertuzzi's like, he's five years younger than him. He just, it's, he, I don't know. It just, 
that's the move I would make if it really got to that point. But it would just it would really suck not being able to tweet in all caps. Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it would it would sink. But so now let's uh, well, hopefully they can make it work because the Bertuzzi and Pasternak chemistry is unreal. Uh, he's fit into this team like a glove. It's perfect. But um, so let's see. So part two of his question. Um, do do do. I'm trying to get it back up right now. Sorry. Part two of his question. Uh, who from the farm do we see come up next year if we make room for Bert? I think this question is pretty easy. I think you're definitely going to see Lori. I mean, if well, it's well, Lori's Lori's defense though. I think he's. Oh, I think he he's was talking. Who slides up on the wing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, give me, give me Lysel, baby. Yes, yes. That's what I said too. Lysel, I mean, there's other options out there too, though. Like. Um, obviously I think Jacob Lauko, he's locked into a spot next season. If, if I was Jim Montgomery, it would be no question, but, um, in the farm of you got guys like Mark McLaughlin, I know he naturally he's a center, but if, if he can transition kind of like Trent Frederick did and play wing a little bit, then you could see that. I don't know if John Beecher's ready. Uh, he might need another year in Providence, but my, my gut would say Fabian Lysel. At least in the early part of the season, Let's see what he's got. Yeah, that would be exciting too. I mean, we've been we've been hearing enough about this kid the last couple of years. It's time I want to see what he does with the big club. Do you yeah. think though a lot of the talk about Fabian Lysel? Do you think he's? Because I mean, I feel like it's almost talked about like this kid could really be something here. Do you think that's more so because he seems like he's at this point he's really the the only really good prospect that the Bruins have? Do you think he's really that guy? No, I, I think he's – I think – I don't know if he's that guy, but he's definitely a good, good player with some skill. I mean, this year in Providence, he um, – 37 points in 54 games. I mean, that's pretty good. That is not like, bad. He had – he had what? Let me see. Stop with the pop-ups. He had 14 goals, 23 assists. I mean, he's producing. Um, it was his first year in the AHL. Um, he had 62 points in 53 games for the Vancouver Giants in the WHL in 2021-2022. So, if you, with all of your expertise, if yeah. you had to give him a player, a, his his ceiling, if you had to give him a player comp to somebody in today's game, who would you say he will he could potentially be like if everything goes right? In today's game? Or it doesn't have to be today's game, just a, a player that people would know. Um... I'm trying to think of a winger because he's a smaller guy. He's only, let me see. He's only, uh, he's 5'11", 176. Uh, okay. Well, like how, what do you think? Could he be a 30 goal scorer someday? I would say so. Yeah. All right. Hey, that's, a, that's a top line winger. Yeah. Someday, someday for sure. He's got the skill set and, and, uh, he's also got the chippiness to his game too. Like he's kind of a dick. That's what I like out of my players. <laughs> yeah. What about no? Is he? Is he? <laughs> what, like, is, yeah. Like, what kind of player is he? Is he like a pure goal scorer? Is he like? Can he? Can you know? Can he get you a hundred points? Yeah. Oh, was that, that a was question? a question? I don't know. I don't know if he can get you a hundred, but I can see him being a thirty goal scorer, thirty assists, sixty to seventy point player, average throughout his career. You know what? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna speak this into existence. His player comp. Uh, what's he? A left wing. 
Yes. A left wing Danny Briere. Interesting. <laughs> with blonde hair and Swedish. Hey, that's your 30 goal oh, no. score. That's nope. your nope. what? He's a right wing. Oh my god. Well, Briere was a center anyway, so I was just <laughs> coming at it from a guy who can get who can net you 30, who's See, got a bit okay. of a light game and he's small. <laughs> I don't know why, but TJ Oshi popped my to my mind. Oh, you mean TJ Sochi, Captain yeah. America? Yeah, Captain hey, America. That's a, that's a great player right there. Either way, I mean, if if this guy can even become a twenty goal scorer, I mean, that's a win, right? I yeah. mean, that's a that's a guy that the Bruins developed who can make a real impact on this roster moving forward. But um, I think I think Lori, it seems like is going to be a given because I think you, you're going to have to see some movement out of your uh, defenseman if you want to create some cap room on this team. But um, I think that we were talking about it this year. If Is this the year we're going to see a, a bit of Lysel maybe towards the end of the year? It didn't happen. So we roll on to next year. And I think if you see some players come in and out, you could see Lysel slide into a, a third line winger spot. If Lysel wants to be in the lineup next season, and I know obviously he wants to be in the lineup next season, he needs to get stronger. Because we saw in the preseason this, this year, he got hurt after an innocent little body check. I forget who threw it, but he got hurt and it knocked him out of the preseason for a little bit. But I I would say he just has to work on his strength, um, get a little bit bigger, stronger on the puck, and and you have a legitimate shot of playing with the team and staying with them too. But um, thank you, Ethan 2.0, for the question, for the two-part question. Um, This next one comes in from Johnny O., you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny O underscore seven seven seven. He says, "Is old school one goalie in playoffs the way to go, or is it better to do hybrid rotation, like two on one off? How do you see the Bruins stacking up against Toronto and eventually Carolina? Is McAvoy the reincarnation and better version of Johnny Boychuk? Okay, hang on, we're gonna go one by one here on this question. So." Is old school one goalie in the playoffs better, or do you want to see a hybrid rotation? Me personally, I would say it's a little bit of both. I would say you lean most games towards one goalie, and that one goalie being Allmark. Now, in the case of this series, like we were hypothesizing earlier, game five, you're up you know, pretty safely in the series up three to one. Um, This is the time where you switch back to Jeremy Swayman and you give him that time and you give him that those those game reps that he needs. Um, You don't want him to just sit iced on the bench. You need to give him those reps, give Allmark the break. The team that we, I mean, the two goalies that we have are more than capable of doing that. And you should be comfortable with any goalie that goes in, whether it's Swayman or Allmark. Yeah, I said it a couple episodes ago too, heading into the playoffs when a lot of the discourse was on, oh, do you go Olmark swimming, Olmark swimming? Because it was working so well at the end of the year. Do you pick your guy and choose it? And I've always been a firm believer on, I'll say it again, you pick your guy and you ride him until he fails you. Or I'll throw in an extra thing. Or if you're in the position where you don't have to start him. And I think that's where the Bruins are at right now. They don't have to start Olmark like you just mentioned in game five. We can go Swayman. Um, But I would still like, you know, if... The Bruins start Olmark game five and the Bruins win. And then the second round starts, I would go right back to it. Start Olmark every single game until he fails you. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. So he had a couple of questions in this. Um, do, do, do. 
I got it when we read it. How do you see the Bruins stacking up against Toronto and eventually Carolina? I don't know if that means he thinks Carolina is going to get all the way through to the Eastern Conference final. I think it's going to be the Rangers, honestly. Yeah, especially with all these injuries to Carolina. I think we mentioned last show, they just lost uh, Tara Vinen. Tara Vinen as well, too, which is a big blow. I mean, at this point, like, I feel bad for Brindamore, man. Like, you know, all the young guys, one goes down, the next one goes down. They've lost like three people now to injuries who are a big part of that team. And they keep chugging along, all the credit to them. But eventually you're going to run out of steam. And I think like you just mentioned, yeah. like whoever comes out of the Devils and the Rangers, I think is going to be a representative from that side of the Eastern Conference bracket. But we were just talking about Toronto. And like I said, man, like Whoa, this Toronto wait. team. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. They just showed anti Ranta's splits, his playoff splits, home and away. Yeah. Anti Ranta playing at home is eight and zero. When he's what? away, when he's away, he's one in seven. What <laughs> <laughs> are those splits? That's crazy. That's insane. But I'm sorry, but continue. I just had to show. I don't. That. I don't know what's more impressive: being undefeated at home or being so pissed poor on the road. <laughs> like that's amazing. Now, Ooh, now that's the opposite. That's when I would adopt the two goalie system. Whenever you're home, you play anti Ranta. If you have a playoff game on the road, you start whoever the hell else you have in your bench. <laughs> right. But yeah. um, no, I mean, we were just mentioning it. Like Carolina, I know Carolina has been a bit of a thorn in the Bruins' side in the playoffs, but because this Bruins team is so different than the team that the, that have matched up with the Hurricanes in the playoffs in the past, and because the Hurricanes are battling some big injuries, I. I don't think I would lose any sleep if the Bruins had to play Carolina in the playoffs. But playing Toronto, like we were just talking about to start the show, I mean, this is not the same Maple Leafs team that they've had the last couple of years. And I think a lot of that, to your credit, like you mentioned, is the addition of Ryan O'Reilly in that third line. He brings that pedigree and he brings that winning championship mentality to that team. And, yeah. uh, you know, if again, if the Bruins would play the Hurricanes, I feel okay about it. If the Bruins play Toronto next round, I... I still feel confident that the Bruins are going to win, but like, man, that's probably going to be a six, seven game series. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. Um, now he says, is McAvoy, is McAvoy the reincarnation and better version of Johnny Boychuk? I got to say this. Did you see what the, uh, the reports about Johnny Boychuk? No, I haven't. Don't even tell me. I thought he retired. Is he playing? Listen, I I, I can't say blue check anymore because it, it means nothing anymore. Yeah, but, I have a blue check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Johnny Boychuk was on the ice with the Islanders this morning. Oh, this guy does have a blue check as well. He's an Islanders beer reporter. But Johnny Boychuk was on the ice with the Islanders this morning. A lot of people were like, holy shit, is he coming out of retirement? That's what this team needs. No, I think he's, he's just coaching. There's no way he's in the lineup. But Yeah, no shot. I miss me some Johnny Rocket. Um, what was the question? Is McAvoy the reincarnation and better version of Johnny Boychuk? Uh, I mean, I think so. I think Johnny still's got those Johnny clap bombs, but um, McAvoy's no, better. Mean, McAvoy's better. Way definitely, better. McAvoy is a perennial Norris candidate. I mean, Johnny Johnny Boychuk <laughs> struggled to be a top four defenseman at times, but <laughs> I will say though, Johnny Boychuk is one of my favorite Bruins of all time. Back oh yeah. Back in those runs, he was like my one of my top three favorite players on those teams. Like, not oh, close. Johnny Boychuk was an absolute electric factory. And to this day, I will go to my grave <laughs> saying that those middling years that the Bruins had in like 2016, 2017, when they sucked, mm-hmm. everything changed when they when they traded Johnny Boychuk to the Islanders. 
everything changed and i will go to my grave saying that shifting boy chuck out of boston is the reason why those teams fell off in such dramatic fashion the way that they did i don't even remember did we trade we traded him right i'm i he went to the islanders from the bruins i thought it was a trade to clear cap space if, I think you're probably right, but I just I want to see what the uh, what the trade was. Um, Here we go. Uh, the Bruins traded Johnny Boychuk on October fourth, twenty fourteen, to the New York Islanders in exchange for a two second round picks and a conditional third round pick. Okay, hang on. So it was the twenty fifteen what second round? Yeah. All right. Is I that need Brandon to- Carlo. It actually might have been. Dude, hang I think on. This um, cool. uh, 2015. Um, let's see. It was Brandon Carlo. Okay. Who'd they get in the second round in 2016? Because they also got that pick from this trade. Ryan Lindgren, who, if they were able to. Who's really in. good on the yeah. Rangers. Holy shit. Okay. So the Bruins traded Johnny Boychuk for Brandon uh, Carlo and Ryan. And, I mean. And Ryan, and Ryan Lindgren got you Rick Nash. I mean, thank you, Boychuk, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for everything. He, he didn't do us wrong at any single moment in his career. Thank That's you for insane. everything. Johnny I love I loved Johnny Boychuk. Um, so, so his final question, pineapple on pizza. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I'm so sick of these pizza elitists on like TikTok or social media when they're like, hey, like this is how this is how you make a pizza. And they get so offended <laughs> at the thought of somebody putting pineapple or barbecue sauce. Like, oh, it goes through a conveyor belt and it's not a, a, a brick oven. Uh, that's not real. Get out of here. Like if there's dough and sauce and cheese, it's Get pizza. And I, for one, I don't care if 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 pineapple on pizza makes me a freak. Then I'm a freak because I'm just in it. I'm just I'm just in it for if it's good, it's good. And something's, had, something's brewing quotes out of context. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a freak. <laughs> uh, I think I've had pineapple on pizza once and like it wasn't my favorite thing, but I would try it again. So I'll say, yeah, pineapple can, can belong on pizza when done right. Yeah, I've had Hawaiian pizza a couple of times. It's not bad. Would I like actively seek it out? Not a chance, but if it's there, I'll eat it. <laughs> I mean, I might complain, but I'll eat it. <laughs> I may be like, ew, what is this? And then take a, yeah. and then take a big bite. <laughs> we had another question under that tweet from 100 Becks, three to one edition. You can follow them on Twitter at 100 underscore Becks. They asked, does Grizzly belong on the power play? Um... I wouldn't mind it. I mean, he's a good puck mover. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yes. I, 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 I always think back about when uh, McAvoy and Grizzik were on the power play unit at BU and that thing was absolutely humming. Yeah. And then when, when like their first couple of years together in Boston, when they were out there all the time, the power play together and it was doing pretty well, but I mean, sure. I mean, it, it's funny too. The Bruins power play struggled so much, especially to end the season. And then I think they were like two for their first six this series, I don't know what they are right now. Do you know what the Bruins power play numbers are in this series right now? Um, let's check really quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bruins playoff statistics. Let's see. Postseason stats for the 2022-2023 Boston Bruins. Um, it does not say. Oh, I have it right here. It's okay. um, 
Whoa. It's probably, is oh. it? Two, uh, two things. Um, the Bruins are seventh, seventh, seventh on the list. So what's okay. that? Like right about in the middle in terms of playoff percentages. Take a guess at what the Bruins power play percentage is. Uh, 22%. No, it's actually 28 and a half percent. They not are four, four for 14. So that's not bad. But not this bad. is why I audibly gasped when I looked at the list. Guess who's number one? Oh, it's got to be Edmonton. Now, guess what their power play percentage is? 68. 54.5%. God damn. They're 6 for 11. They had like two or three power play goals the other night in their comeback against the Kings. Hey, LA, if you want to beat Edmonton, don't get any penalties. You're yeah. <laughs> And interestingly enough, the uh, can you guess who has the worst power play? In the NHL playoffs right now? Mm, in New Jersey? No, 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 no. Islanders. Islanders. Yeah, yeah. Islanders. Yeah. They, they have an 8% power play, 1 for 12. <laughs> They're slightly better than the Florida Panthers, who are 1 for 11, of course, having to play this stout Bruins penalty kill. But, Actually, you know what? Can you check the penalty kill numbers? Because I'm pretty sure we, we got to be top three at least. Maybe, oh, maybe even number one. Uh, Well, I mean, it, hang on. Let me go back to that list because it would just – Essentially, be the reverse, wouldn't it? I mean, if the okay, the Florida Panthers have a nine percent power play. Holy shit! So the Bruins penalty kill has got to be at ninety one percent. Yeah, true. That's okay, pretty crazy. Actually, even, <laughs> that's more, e- even crazier <laughs> is that the LA Kings penalty kill percent is at forty five percent. That oh is so God. bad. The the Edmonton just <laughs> just to just to put it in like perception, the yeah. Edmonton Oilers have a higher power play percentage than the LA Kings do penalty kill percentage. Yeah, that's crazy. That is oh my god, that's weird. It's weird to wrap your head around that. But uh um the power play, why not? So we do have two more two more questions. Um they're both from the same person. We do have a DM question as well that'll hit Ooh. after that. Um this comes in from I, I'm sorry I don't know how to pronounce this, but Sinead follow them on Twitter at S W four Y M A N supposed to be swimming. Um, he asked, will Toronto choke once again and let Tampa Bay lightning win in seven? I don't think so. I think Toronto closes it out. I think they do too, but although it would be hilarious if they don't. Oh, I know. And part of me wants, uh, it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. There's three things I'm thinking about, right? Yes, I would love to watch Toronto do what their forefathers have done and just absolutely self-destruct and lose in the first round. That would be great because it's Toronto losing in the first round, which is comical and and funny. Um, But it would also be interesting to see Tampa Bay make it through the first round again for another year and to play the Bruins. That would be fun. But I also want to see Toronto win so that they can play the Bruins. Like imagine being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and just like that feeling of like, excitement like jubilee just euphoria you're we finally got past the first round for the <laughs> first time in like 20 years the toronto maple leaves from the second round who we oh shit we're playing the bruins like the not not just not, the not, bruins right. not just the bruins who have like beaten the shit out of you for the last you know 15 years in the playoffs but also the boston bruins who just literally had the greatest regular season in nhl history like good luck buddy like that, it, it would be so funny 
I'm not going to lie to you, though. And I think you're lying to yourself if you don't think the same way. Not you, but just in general, anybody listening. If you're looking at that from like a karma standpoint, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, it's no, like, I know. I do. A right. right? Really you know what I'm talking about? Like, like we had the obviously the 2013 comeback. Everybody remembers that. I think it was 2018. We beat them in seven. 2019. We beat them in seven. Um, and it's just like where that last hump that they can't get over. And the fact that we had the best season of all time, this is the first time they finally get out of the first round. And it just so happens that the second round is a matchup with the Bruins. Like that scares me. Bruins. Yeah. That scares me a little bit, a little bit. Like this could be the, you know, like it it could be written to be the, the matchup, the, the series to finally get this, uh, like the curse of the Bambino for the Red Sox. It's the right. curse of the Bruins for the Maple Leafs. And we uh, we mentioned it a couple episodes ago that th- it's it like this Bruins team specifically was destined to right a lot of wrongs of some of these past teams that we've had that have fallen short of the playoffs. And like I think the same could be said about this Maple Leafs team if they play the Bruins in the second round. That Maple Leafs team could be destined to right a lot of the wrongs that they've run into in the playoffs against the Bruins. So that would be right. something forward to i'm sure that every single you know uh hockey media member will be absolutely you know eyes glued to every second of that matchup if it is to be the bruins and the maple leafs in the second round um but don't, oh don't, i can't even oh i get so excited thinking about it don't get me wrong i still want toronto don't get me yeah. wrong I, I still want toronto yeah i think the whole walk hockey world wants to see toronto and the bruins again mm-hmm. um you said we had uh, another one other than that one Oh, yes. Um, how many years do you think Tyler Bertuzzi's new contract to stay in Boston will be? He's 28 right now. He's probably looking for at least five. Yeah, I think he would comfortably ask for and receive six years. Yeah. Agreed. I would do like, – I, th- I think he could ask for six years, 30 mil. I, he, I think he, I'll think, okay, he can get more than that. But like, I would – you know, if I were the Bruins, I would be searching for six years, 30 mil. See, and the thing is – I think he under. I think he came here and he loves it here so much. He understands and respects the hockey culture that Boston has, um, the success that this team has had over the past fifteen years, and I think he would be willing to take a little less to stay here because he's yeah. finally like he's in a great organization around great people. People want to be here, and I think he's one of them. I mean, it, it feels like, and I don't know if it's a. a, a I mean, well, first of all, in hockey, it, it's not. It's not common that you see elite good players willingly leave their team in free agency you might see them get traded and you definitely see guys switch teams every now and then obviously john Tavares made that huge splash with toronto a couple years ago but um it, it thinking about it from the bruins standpoint i really can't think of the last player that the bruins really wanted to bring back that they didn't like again law <laughs> like if you want to go maybe. back that far they lost yeah, louis erickson i don't think anybody really cared if he came or went but like yeah. i think the, if the bruins want tyler bertuzzi back and tyler bertuzzi is interested in coming back the bruins will make it work that's yeah. where, that's that's kind of the where i stand on it i think so as well um so you said we did get a dm as well we did we got a dm last night from i'm so sorry if i pronounced your name wrong rosen norive you can follow them on – oh, they're from Manitoba. You can follow them at R Norive. They uh, they said, hey, love the pod. I haven't seen anyone talk about this, so hopefully I'm just looking to, looking to deep into this. But 
I think Linus might have aggravated his injury even more this last game. When he left the ice after getting the misconduct, he looks towards the training slash coaching staff and gives his right leg slash hip a couple taps. I wonder if he was signaling that he was in pain. Monty did say that he could have come back, but they decided to keep him out. So maybe he took himself out and they used the misconduct as an excuse. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I just think it's a bit concerning. Sorry for the long DM. Never apologize for a long DM. Also, that is a good point. I didn't notice that. And if that's the case, then you then definitely go Swayman for game five. Give give Allmark the rest. For sure, give Swayman game five. Yeah, I think that it's... I, I really don't... Like, it, it, it's, it's, it just seems like it makes too much sense, honestly, to start Jeremy Swayman game five. And, like, I know that it's the playoffs and teams can all of a sudden win a game and the next thing you know they win the second game and the next thing you know you're in a game seven um yeah. but i don't know like it's not like i hate saying you're starting the backup when you're starting swayman but we talked about it earlier like it's it's not really a a, a step down if you're starting swayman over Olmark. like this is a right. guy who had like a 920 something save percentage and like a a 2.2 goals against average or something insane. Like uh, the Bruins can still start Jeremy Swayman next game and they will like comfortably be the favorites to win the game. So, and if that's, if that's true, like if Omar is shaken up, like you said, or like, like he said, or he's feeling under the weather or whatever it might be, maybe he's just, Oh man, I've played four games in last week. I'm a little winded. All right, take the night off. We'll start Swayman. The guy's been waiting for this moment. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see, you know, when this, when this episode drops, we'll see tonight who's going to get the nod. So I also put um, a story out on Instagram with a little, little question box for people to come <laughs> out and, and, and ask questions. So we got two. Um, this is from Lauren. You can follow her on Twitter at Big Bruins Energy. She said, it's kind of a two-part question. Freddie or Lauko, if you had to pick, and then also Lauko or Greer. So if we can start Lauko or Greer, it's Lauko. Hundred yeah. times out of a hundred. Yeah, I mean, unless like you want to go out there and fight somebody, I'd start AJ Greer. But like, I'm, I'm really struggling yeah. to think at like one thing that AJ Greer does better than Lauko, <laughs> other than drop the mitts. Literally nothing. But <laughs> Freddie, Freddie or Lauko? I would. Uh, I would too, but it's close because Lauko draws a shit ton of penalties. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw him last game too. I mean, he's it's very rare that he's not first to the puck. Like whenever the Bruins dump it in, he is like screaming. He's he's kayaking. He's getting his arms pumping, getting down there, chasing after that puck. He's on the canoe, chugging along. He's on the canoe. (laughs) But you also get that more, um, uh, you have more. You get a little more scoring prowess if you put Frederick in the lineup, other than Lauko. But like you yeah. mentioned too, like the Panthers get a shit ton of penalties, and nobody draws penalties like Lauko does. Dude, I, I am so quickly starting to just absolutely love Jacob Lauko. Like, <laughs> like I love this man, dude. He's every because you. The thing is, like, for him playing fourth line, usually fourth line guys you don't really notice a ton. But every time that he's out there, you notice him. Every single shift that he has, you notice one little thing that he does, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He makes shit happen. And I will also say, too, for the sake of comparison, that Frederick can get a little bit... Like, I feel like what makes Frederick so valuable um, in his role, I would say, is that he can get you, you know, almost 20 goals a season. But he's also, like we were mentioning earlier, he's a scumbag. 
And like he can very easily get under other players' skin. And he's a big guy too. He's like six foot three. Um, but sometimes he doesn't he he drifts away from that play style. And I feel like that's one of the things that makes him so valuable in this lineup is that, yeah, he can, again, score some goals, but he can also piss you off. But Lauko, like every single time this guy's in the lineup, like he's playing balls to the wall. And again, not saying that Frederick isn't, but I just feel like you know what you're getting every time you have Lauko in the lineup. And when you put Frederick in the lineup, like you're hoping like this is the Trent Frederick that we're going to get tonight. Yeah. Um, it's I, I would also still go Freddie, but it's close. If oh, I don't know, man, they're they're both good. I I don't want to I don't want to pick. I love I love them both. I'll also um, say as well, Lauko can talk to half this team in his native tongue when he's in the lineup. Something that you know, Tread Frederick can't talk to Pasta the way that Lauko can, or yeah. Zaka, or Noshik, or Zabal. Um, we also got a question in from, and this is more directed at you, Nick. Oh, um, brother, this comes in from Chris Nosik. Um, host of What's Brewing, the What's Brewing Pod live show Monday nights at seven. Me and Chris Nosek, we do that show. Fourth um, shameless plug of the episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, just since I'm plugging it, I'm really going to plug it now. So we do a live show Monday night, seven o'clock every Monday. Sometimes we'll do pregame shows as well, but it's a live show. You come in, you comment, we answer all your questions. Um, so if you haven't joined it yet, come join it, ask some questions, we'll pull up pull it up live on the stream and it's really interactive and it's fun but uh anyways his question um nick when will you come on what's brewing i knew it i knew he was gonna <laughs> well here's the deal um i would i seriously would love to i was watching your guys stream last night firing some questions away and it's a great time i think it's a cool atmosphere how people it's can fun. fire off Dude, it, it is it, people it is so I, I didn't fun. i didn't want to put the phone down i mean uh, people can rifle off questions and you guys answer them it's a cool atmosphere to be in but the yeah. problem is that can you plug the time one more time that you guys record seven seven okay seven i might be able to do but i usually don't get home until 6 30 6 45 as you know it's difficult to try to schedule sometimes to record this show True. um but uh chris dm me We'll make it work. I'll join you guys. I'd love to be a part of it. Let's go. That would be a sick show, dude. You got to join us. No, I know. It would be fun. Um, Outside of that, I think that was all of the DM questions that we got. Um, All right. So let's do this really quick. Um, We'll say Jeremy Swayman starts the game. Game five. Uh, no Bergeron. No Krejci. Lineup stays relatively similar to what it was actually matt porter did put out the um some lines today from practice um bertuzzi bergeron pasta on the first hall zaka debrusque on the second marshawn coil and felino on the third lauko nosek hathaway on the fourth grizzlick mcavoy first pairing lindholm carlos second orlov forvert for the third and then we're going with swayman so say that's the lineup for game five. Four to one. Four to one Bruins? Yeah. <laughs> I already knew you were going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I will say five to two Bruins. Although no, this you know what? No, 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 you know what? Six to Bruins because Florida at the end, they're going to get desperate. They're going to pull their goalie as many times as they can. And they're just going <laughs> to pump in goals. I'm going to say six to Bs. I want to see too what this Bruins team will do in an elimination game in a series clinching game too like are they going to fall flat on their face and you, you know, know what? have another Wait. remake of game two sorry 
Swearman's gonna shut the door. He's gonna get a, <laughs> a shutout. It's gonna be a five nothing win, Bruins. Oh, five nothing bees. Swearman comes in and gets the it. shutout. Yes, that's it. That's, that's it. Awesome. That, that's what's gonna happen. I I hope that's what's gonna happen. But you know, I, I I'm actually really excited to see who's gonna start in net for the game. Cause like I I I, I feel like um okay wait. Quick response. Say yes or no. Is Bergeron playing? No. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I have to agree. I'm more excited, honestly, to see who's playing in that than I am about whether or not Bergeron's playing. I am too. Um, yeah. I want to see Sway. Yeah. We got – there's no more uh, Instagram questions? Nope. That was it. I did want to plug one thing too before the show ends. We have a YouTube channel. Yes. That's right. I don't know if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to it in the car or your headphones, whatever it might be. Maybe you're playing us, listen to us in the middle of a of a grocery store and everybody's listening and looking at you. I, I, I hope you're at the gym right now getting a workout and just listening to some beats. Oh, yeah. Listen, whatever it might be, if you want to see our faces and understand why it's taken so long for us to put our episodes on YouTube, it's because we have a face for radio. And you can follow, you can find our YouTube channel uh, at Bruin Something podcast on youtube you can have an at now so we are at bruin something podcast on youtube we will also tweet out links to the youtube videos that correspond with the episode every week so when this episode drops right now it is wednesday morning if you're listening to this the day that the episode drops you can look right under the tweet on our something's bruin podcast and see a link to the youtube channel right there if you want to watch but very excited. That's something we're going to do moving forward. And then I know YouTube also has the ability to live stream what we're doing. So maybe we can incorporate that into some future things. I don't know. We'll have to see. But something's brewing to the moon, baby. Hell yeah. Um, what was the what was the at for YouTube? At Bruin Something Podcast. If you're having trouble finding it, not just for you, but for also anybody listening, um, it's probably because we don't have any videos yet. And by the time that this episode is out, we will have one video. So it might be a little challenging to find the YouTube channel, to be honest, until we start getting some subscribers. But if you follow us on Twitter, if you don't already, you can follow us at Bruin something, no G, and you can find our YouTube channel will be probably linked in the bio and you can also scroll through our tweets and we would have just tweeted a link to the episode. You can follow us there, but please subscribe um, because again, we're going to be putting out these episodes every week on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So you can uh, now watch our beautiful faces uh, as, oh, we, beautiful as we yap about some hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Fuck. Hey, by the next time this we have a next episode, we might be in round two. Maybe not. Maybe we're still talking about the Florida series. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Hopefully um, not. <laughs> hopefully not. I would rather close this out early. But um I mean, either way, episode 39, something's brewing podcast. Now on YouTube. That's now right. on YouTube. Um, as always, thank you guys all for listening. Uh Thank you for the DMs. Thank you for the replies to our Twitter. Um, as as I always say, you know, the show is driven by you guys. Um, without you guys asking questions and, and participating and engaging with our content, this show wouldn't be possible. Um, so thank you guys, honestly, for, for helping us out and continuing to support us. That's awesome. Um, but with that being said, this is episode 39 of the Something's Brewing Podcast. 
brought to you by FanDuel, brought to you by BNG Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. We got a game five coming to you live tonight here um, on Nesson. That's the other part that sucks. It might be Jack and Brick's last broadcast. So enjoy it. This could possibly be Jack. I don't want to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. We're going to end this show right here. Um, if it happens, you know his suit's going up in the rafters. But, you know, um, that's that's a conversation for another day. But, um, yeah, thank you all for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Subscribe to our YouTube. Bye. I was like, we should do something like that. The first one was like, wasn't it like Wicked Stinky Fart or something like oh, that? Oh, it was <laughs> um like Creamy Fart or something. <laughs> it was Creamy Fart. Oh, it was, no, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was Hot Creamy Fart. Hot Creamy Fart. <laughs>